This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You are here live this wonderful Sunday morning or afternoon, wherever you happen to be on this lovely Sunday. You are live here with Dr. Jeff Werber, host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. We're here to talk about anything you want to talk about. Yet today, I get to make a choice of what I want to talk about. How nice is that? So uh, if you need to talk, you well, we want to hear from you. So a couple of ways to get a hold of us to join us here live. Number one, give us a call the old-fashioned way, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Or you can better yet join us here live on Zoom. We'd love to see you. We'd love to see your pets because that gives me my great pleasure is to see pets. And uh, you can do so by going on to PetLifeRadio.com, clicking on shows, scrolling down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Click on it, and you will have a link left there for you by our producer, Mark, and um, you can join us live here. But today, we have a very special guest, so you're going to want to possibly, hopefully, join in, and that is Arden Moore. Arden is known as America's Pet Health and Safety Coach. Now, interestingly, Arden and I go way, way back. I was talking to her earlier, and I'm thinking, wait a second, how long has it been? She goes, oh, since we were both 10. So uh, anyway... It's um, great to have you, Arden, and Arden's here joining us with her two of her many animals, and that is Kona. Say hi, Kona. Kona. And Casey. Yeah. And I was telling, yeah. telling Casey, is an orange tabby and one of my favorite of all cats. And it's interesting. I have five cats now. I've had dozens and dozens of cats. I've never had an orange tabby, and I love them. Anyway, Arden, how are you? I'm doing great, Dr. Jeff. It's really nice to see you. And this is, in all my years, my first orange tabby. Oh, really? He, he, and looks now like I have got, two. It's oh, like you really? M&Ms. You got to keep getting them. I'll but tell I, you, he, he looks like he's got some, uh, some, something more exotic in him, too. Maybe, uh, I don't know. He, he looks great. Beautiful. This is his favorite way to be held. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Arden Moore, let's talk a little bit about you. First of all, you know, you've been in the pet world for as long as I've known you. And <laughs> where did this, I mean, I know my love affair with pets started when I was five. And I, my parents said I never talked about anything other than being a veterinarian. When well, did this happen for you? I think in the cradle, too, in the womb. I grew up in a very big pet-loving family in uh, Crown Point, Indiana. Okay. That's the city where Dillinger escaped from our inescapable jail with a soap bar that he blackened into a shape of a gun. Yay. Yeah. But my dad always loved pets, my mom. And ever since I was a kid, I've always had dogs and cats. And I'm a journalist. So it's nice to be able to give good information in a variety of ways how to bring out the best in pets and their people. That's my model. So yeah, so we talk- had a, even a duck named Quack Quack. We oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's first of all talk about this this title of yours, which I love, and that is America's. That's great. When you're America's anything, that's good. Health and safety coach. So <laughs> what, and you do a lot of educating, which is really great. Let's talk about that for a second because of all the potential dangers. You just mentioned one when you were on the chatting earlier about the plastic bags. And, and you know, it's so interesting. When I see a, a, a shopping bag sitting on the counter, and I have oh. five cats. Oh, oh. oh I immediately. I, <laughs> you know, you, you, there are certain things you know that are, can happen in advance of them hopefully happening. So let's talk about that. Well, and I am a master in pet first aid. I teach people to be instructors. I work with first responders, veterinarians, vet techs, 
pet first aid for you is veterinary approved. We got a team of advisors. I should recruit you, Dr. Jeff. There you go. No time and just make sure I give the right information. But I feel like the best gift we can give our pets is a gift of safety. And in this COVID time, this crazy COVID time, some of us are kind of karma loading a little bit more. (laughs) And we might not be so clean in our housekeeping because nobody's coming over to our house. Unfortunately, as you know, our dogs and our cats have powerful noses. They can sniff out one of these bags that don't make it in the trash can, and they can actually suffocate in less than five minutes. So I'm on a big campaign to help us realize these harmless snack bags are actually could be deadly to our pets. So come on, guys, clean up the house. (laughs) I want to, you know, um, while you have that out, before you put that away, Arden, you know, I want people to uh, to understand a, a comment you just made about their noses can sniff out. If that was brand new and it was sealed, Okay, and I asked you on the bag at the market, do you have any yeah. body yet? Not even know. Can you sniff the bag and say, and can you tell what's even inside it if you're blindfolded? Not a chance. No. A dog, their noses are so sensitive, they can actually not only smell what's inside, if they could talk, and many of our, us think our dogs do talk to us, they can actually give you every ingredient in order. That's how sensitive their noses are. So wow. don't think because a, a bag is someplace sealed up, that it is safe. No food stuff is safe anywhere around a dog. We have 5 million nasal receptors. They have 250 million. They have 50 times what we have. That's amazing. So we got to be really, really careful. Yeah. That's a great piece of advice. Thanks, Dr. Jeff. Now let's talk also, I know that you teach CPR. Yes. And, yeah. uh, the, you know, I know you have a great demo dog because, you know, I heard that Kona is dying, a little ice cream <laughs> Kona there. To teach oh, yeah, us she does. How, we're going to show do- you. Now, with apologies to your UC Davis training, <laughs> when I teach uh, CPR for people, I want them not to be afraid and they don't need a lot of big words. We want to teach in a fun way with rhymes or something so that they remember and they launch right into it. So, Coney, you want to show Dr. Jeff a quick way to do CPR? Yeah, come on. I, I want to meet him too. Can I meet him? Yes. So we put her in class, either COVID, Zoom, or live. And when we get ready to do CPR, people say, well, my dog fell this way or that way. It doesn't matter. Whichever way the dog lands, the hand that does the pump is closest to the rump. Uh, I like that one. The palm is the pump because you got all the meat. So when we do 30 chest compressions, two rescue breaths, 30 chest, two rescue breaths, People are starting to get it. Oh, okay. The hand that does the pump is closest to the rump. The palm is the pump. And with apologies to Diana Ross, we tell people to start in the name of love. Do it for your cat and for rollover. So then people start laughing when they're in a good mood. They're more apt to learn, right? Right. So you'll have to try one of my classes. We have a blast. Do you know? Um, let's talk about mouth to nose, mouth to snout. If you overinflate the lungs, all the stomach contents are going to come out and say hello. Yuck. And you don't want to be a piccolo player either. So you got to kind of reach the thing that's a normal rise and fall. So, hey, everybody, take a look at your dog and cat while they're breathing and see how the chest goes up and down. But to do it properly, you align the head to the spine, you open the mouth, you pull the tongue forward just to open the mouth airway a little bit more. You always finger sweep. You do an airtight muzzle, and it's actually your mouth on their nostrils. You breathe, check, breathe, 
check. And the key things here are always do a finger sweep because you don't want to blow something down the, the throat to hurt the trachea. And also get that an airtight seal because if you blow in the nose and you don't seal the muzzle, it's the true. medical term, I think Dr. Jeff is called blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called blah, 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 blah. So we, t we actually have a mannequin in our classes from vet schools. We call him Domino. And everybody in in-person classes, we have our mouth guards and everything. Everybody gets that muscle memory to try to blow air properly to expand the lungs without getting all the goobers coming out from the stomach. And That's lastly, just term, goobers. I love those medical terms. It's like, you know, people, <laughs> when I see a dog and I'm, you know, very, especially when, when you try to be sophisticated and I'll say to someone, well, you know, I, I got to tell you, it's just this dog we would put down as ADR and, uh, and they, they go ADR. I go, yeah, it's a very, very, very professional scientific term. Ain't doing right. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because because you know back in the day, you know the farmer they go, hey doc, I don't know what's going on with my dog, but I think it's ADR. You know, I just ain't doing right. So, That's a um, new one. <laughs> so anyway, just show us also where the landmarks to the best place to do the chest compressions. That's important to know. Okay, about. now it it really there's a default one for any pet, but and it's always your thumb under that top elbow with your hand parallel to the ground and the hand closest to the head interlocking. Pretend you still have ab muscles and it's going down one third to one half the chest compression at a steady beat like staying alive for 30 counts. However, if Kona suddenly poof turned into a bulldog or a big deep chested, the recommendation, because the heart is between basically between the front elbows, we would bring her toward us. We would crisscross our hands between her front elbows, do the 30 chest compressions and then roll her back. If she is like a beagle around chested, you can actually, I say, go to the top of the hill. You can go to the top of the chest and do this in one second. If you have an itty bitty, now there's not many cats that like themselves being demonstrated on, but Casey said, if I was just like a third the size, I was a puppy or a kitten, you can do one-handed CPR. Right. When you slide your four fingers under their chest, yep. point your thumb to your belly button, and do the 30 chest compressions, you're basically covering the entire chest cavities, but all the other procedures are the same. Open the airway, pull the tongue forward, finger sweep, airtight seal, breathe, check, breathe, check. Unbelievable. What do you think, Dr. Jeff? And I, this, is, this is great information for all of you out there to know, because there are going to be times where you suspect or think your dog may be choking, or you may know the dog is choking, and uh, this is very, very important info. And, and um, how many cats do you know, Sid? Touch. There you go. I actually, of my five, I have one of them that's, that's sort of, I mean, a little trained. He'll, he'll do stuff. The best thing he does is he comes up behind me. If I'm sitting, he'll come behind me and he starts, you know, like cats like to oh. you know, do the kneading. So yeah. kneading on my back. And I, I did that. I said, okay, no, a little bit to the right, a little bit to the right. Okay, go. You got it. You got the spot. <laughs> that's so. good. I'll have to teach. He's actually a certified therapy pet as is Kona. They've been to 13 states by car and plane to teach classes, behavior, and we also visit when we can memory care centers and critter camps at SPCA. So Casey and, and Kona are rocking it. Well, I'm sure that you have seen, because I have seen it. I did a story once, oh, a long time ago, back in the days of the home show, and Gary Collins and I went to a hospital and we visited people with therapy dogs. Oh, nice. And there was one woman there 
who literally the nurses told us she, you're not going to get anything out of her. I mean, she is just, she is, stares at the wall. She is her head. Who knows what's going on with her? Mm -hmm. We bring this little puppy in and I come in and this is all on camera. And I wow. place this puppy on her lap. Oh my God, how this woman lit up. You can't believe it. And is the nurses, right? the nurses were like shocked. And it's the power of pets that, you know, it's a term of the Marty, Marty Becker's phrase, the power of the healing power of pets. This was, you know, uh, it was amazing to watch. And uh, no, so we, all of us, I mean, when you think about it and all the, the stories you hear about, you know, lowering blood pressure and, and, and cholesterol and just yeah. having a pet, living with pets, it's great. So um, tell us more, uh, more of the things that you do, more of the important things when it comes to pet first aid that we need to know. Well, let's talk about let's talk about choking because that's a big deal. More people are apt to have to deal with a dog or a cat that's choking than having to do CPR. So Kona just grabs something and she's starting to cough and lurch forward. You have to be safe. Your your safest is paramount. So if I ran up to Kona, she's either going to try to swallow it quicker, run away, or bite me. So you use we teach people in our class to be pet detectives. Tap all your senses. When that cough starts turning to a, <gasps> it's called a strider, that tells you that the object is partially blocking her airway and it's time to act. So Kona, you've got something stuck in your throat? Okay, Kona's got something stuck in her throat. So what we do is, one of the things you can do is an abdominal thrust, the doggy hind leg. So oh, I have everybody right. put their hand like a fist. So Dr. Jeff, put your hand like a fist. Now put your other hand and cup it. And I want you to go up and forward like a backwards J. Now, this also looks like a cup of tea. So now you're British. You're having tea. Okay. So for a medium-sized dog, you slide your hand under their chest to the end of their sternum. And it goes farther back than you realize. And you put your hand right at the end with that cup. And then you put the saucer underneath. And on the exhale, you do five abdominal thrusts up and forward. So it's thrust, 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 thrust. Thrust, I, I lost count, thrust. <laughs> and then you open the mouth and you try to sweep any object out. If she's breathing okay, but there's no object in her mouth, duh, it means it's got swallowed and we don't have x-ray visions. So we need to go to the vet and get an x-ray because I know you can tell your audience some of the crazy things you found using oh my God. in a belly, especially the poor labs. Yes. Anything, so. And I have I have those too. All right, yeah. don't go away, Arden. We're going to be back in a few minutes after we hear these words from our sponsors. And we're going to come back more with Arden Moore. How do you like that? And so don't go away. She's a purebred, orange and white, Brittany. But when we adopted April, she started scratching like crazy. I said, what you put into a dog is what you get out. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. So we added a huge scoop of Dynavite in her bowl. She looked it clean. She loved it. Her coat is now soft. It's silky. Dynavite is nutrition. You get some Dynavite. How happy your dog will be. On Dynavite. She's Little Miss Hollywood. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And 
Welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Weber and our special guest, Arden Moore. Um, uh, uh, also, Pet Life Radio. Let's talk about your shows, Arden. Oh, sure. Uh, I love that we're both on Pet Life Radio. Uh, uh, Jeff, Dr. Jeff, that's kind of cool. My show's called Oh Behave. Oh Behave. I remember that. I was on Oh Behave. I yeah, was on we got, Behave. we're going to have you on again. Like, <laughs> like maybe really, really soon. Like oh, in, really? About, in about 10 minutes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's been on the air about 13 years. We Oprah likes it. She gave it her uh, pet approval for the last two years as her top three uh, pet podcasts. And we get to talk to great people like you and also ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And so I'm really, I love doing that show. I'm also now doing Meowie Hour, which is a live Facebook and Zoom every Wednesday night at six o'clock Eastern. And it's through Cat Fancier Association. And at the end, you don't know this, Dr. Jeff, but I'm a licensed bartender. So at the end, I make a kitty cocktail for all of us to raise a glass and toast cats everywhere. So I did a Tomcat Collins last week and a Nifty Neater. And this week we're doing, I think we're doing a Russian blue cocktail. Ah, very nice. I (laughs) probably have some vodka in that one. Now, yeah. wait a second. Now, now, since Arden, I have five cats. Can I have five cocktails? Well, as long as you're not trying. Yeah. <laughs> where, where can I go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The cats will make sure you're all cool and everything. And the other thing that's near and dear, of course, is pet first aid for you. And since COVID, I do all my classes via Zoom. And I thought maybe you can understand, too. Man, this is a bummer because I can't be in person with a real cat and a real dog. But it's turned out to be a blessing. Because I'm in a tiny house here in the backyard of my Dallas home, Ard's Den. But everybody I can see in my class, and they have their dogs and cats with them. So I can actually guide people in their homes using MuttGyver tips, as I call it. And so they get to learn how to splint a leg, do CPR and everything. And I'm right there watching them. And you know, dogs and cats can be kind of crazy or stressed or whatever in a strange environment. This way, they're in their own home. So it's actually a blessing, a, a silver lining. Now, let me ask you a question. Now that you're doing this, you know, many of us are forced to do things on Zoom, and we'll talk yeah. about this uh, a little bit later. But as a practicing veterinarian, I kind of have, who, who, by the way, has been concierge his entire career. So I have taken calls from my clients. I still have a pager. I don't use it. I don't have to use it now with cell phones. And so I know from myself, from personal firsthand experience, you know, the, the name, but when all the first aid things that you teach and that you cover, okay, what percent, just a guess, and I'm curious to know what you think of quote unquote emergencies really were emergencies, i.e. things that a yeah. pet parent can't take care of at home until they get to see their regular vet in the morning. I think it's more incidents than percentages. I can't really tell you, but if they have an arterial bleed, oh, yeah. so they stop bleeding, or bloat. they're drowning you know, right. in a pool. But there's a lot of things like if they just nick their ear a little bit and it's a capillary bleed, there's a lot of things about pet first aid that you can do that doesn't require a veterinary visit. Nail bleeds are a booger. And I always tell people, gravity is your guide. Never let a dog with a pulled yank nail stand up because the heart's going to just keep blowing out the thing. So I think our role in first aid is to be that life-saving bridge between the uh uh-oh and the veterinary clinic. So I'm a big fan of veterinarians, but being preventive, figuring out things like picking up the snack bags and get those chicken bones away. If you can do a better job of being a pet detective and pet-proof your home, you're going to have less of a chance for an uh-oh. 
So I don't know if I answered your question, but there's a lot of things that we can do that can stabilize. If a dog gets stung by a bee and they're not going into anaphylactic shock, you right. can just use baking powder and a little paste and do that. However, if their mouth is getting to be like Puff Daddy, we do show how to drip in the diphenhydramine from a Benadryl or something. Right. right. Good for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you mentioned something about the prevention. And yeah. it's things that we're going to talk about that are very preventable. Okay. okay. And you mentioned right. one of them already. Toenails. Oh, yeah. Learn yeah, yeah. how to they trim your dog's toenails. Daddy. Yes. And cats. Because when we see those ripped off toenails and they come in, what do we see the rest of the toenails look like? They are so long. No wonder why they got caught on something. Or yeah. they, you know, so keeping your dog's nails short. And the second thing that is very preventable, of course, not nothing's 100%. If you keep ears clean as a routine, the chances of getting an ear infection are <laughs> a lot less. And interestingly, you know, again, I'm a Labrador nut. I have my lab. And yeah. Labradors and ear infections are, are so common. Cocker spaniels and ear infections are so common. It has a lot to do with the, the ear itself, the weight of the ear. Yeah. And how much does this dog like to get the ear wet? And I always say a wet, clean ear is not going to get infected, but a wet, dirty ear is going to get infected. Why? Because when their ear gets wet and it's already a lot of debris and, and, some, and stuff that you were, didn't clean out as you should and learn how to do it, then the water now takes that and makes it heavier and it goes down to the bottom of that long you know, vertical and then horizontal ear canal. And now it's stuck there in a sense. And that's what's going to lead to infection. That, so that's perfect. I mean, in our classes at the end, it's kind of a treat. We do a head to tail health assessment. And one of the things is we not only look and inspect, but sniff the ears. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be coffee grounds. It shouldn't smell like dirty socks. The sooner you can prevent it, the more you save your money, the more you Absolutely. can keep their health. But, you know, you raised a good point about the, the ears. And for the heavy dog, heavy ears like the Cavaliers and some others, we teach people to make sure work with your groomers to clear out some of the hair in the ear canal. But when right. you're watching your Netflix binging, because that's all we're doing now, put those ears up. Let some right. air come in there and tell them how hot they look. Uh. <laughs> Woo, you're hot. So Arden, with all this, the journalism and your love for animals, did you ever way, way back think about becoming a vet? Yeah, I really did. The thing was, I love science and I was horrible in math. I actually, my favorite class was chemistry and it was the only grade I got below an A in, in school. It was a C plus, but I loved it. So it was only till later that I got all connected, all the dots. But yeah, if I could poof, come back again, I would love to be like you, Dr. Jeff, where you can combine your skill of medicine and communication. You know, it's interesting. I was told, I think I've told this story. I don't know if many of you heard that. And you may, I may have talked to you about this. I went to Berkeley in the early 70s and I was not a stellar student. Okay. I was so not a stellar student that when I applied to vet school, and back then, if you were coming from a state that had its own vet school, you can only apply to that school. So I was stuck at Davis. They didn't have these schools out of the country. And it, there's no, you, it was basically Davis or bust. You couldn't even apply to another school wow. if, you really? had a, if you had a vet school in your state. So here I am, was stuck at going to Davis, like not such a terrible thing. Anyway, after my third rejection, I'd gone up and I, what can I do? I went to grad school. I did really well in grad school, but my grades were really bad. <laughs> I just have to say, I'm being honest. So the uh, dean of admissions looks at me and he says, I guess I have to tell you, he says, you will not get into vet school at UC Davis. Do you have any relatives in other fields of medicine? Well, God, you know, dentist, doc. maybe you should apply to med school, dental school, but you will not get into vet school. Just, I mean, literally, it wasn't you may not. Oh, I wasn't, I have concerns. You will not 
Marquette. <laughs> wow. So I was so dejected, of course. And I talked to a, a colleague I, that I worked with at Berkeley Dog and Cat Hospital, a guy named Dr. Jan Dietrich, who applied five times from okay. Colorado College. And he told me in, all, in, in a much not so nice way, tell him to go to hell. He said it differently. Anyway, I did listen to him and I applied a fourth time and I got in my fourth try. Anyway, P.S., I, I think they felt sorry for me, which is why they let me in. But being in school, being in school and when you finally are following your passion and you love it, I don't even think, I know I studied, I did, but it never felt like studying. And I finished in the top 10% of my class. And they thought wow. I was. I never knew that story. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I, can I change the clock? Because I want to be Dr. Jeff and, and there, go back to There that you go. School. I would have gone to Purdue because I, I went to Indiana, of course. Yeah. And at good vet school, too. So uh, anyway, that's how we well, I do today. like working with vets and I do like writing. But I'll tell you, my mom years ago, she passed away. She and I was covering everything from serial killers and Super Bowls and space shuttles. And my mom on her deathbed, that doesn't that's worse than your professor saying you can't. Yeah. Arden, are you going to spend your whole life just writing about what others are doing? Or are you going to follow your passion? And she's the one that kicked me in the butt to get me into teaching uh, pet behavior and teaching pet first aid and things like that. So, you know, we sometimes have these people in our lives that really in their own way, your guy was kind of like, you oh, can't yeah. do this. And you're like, oh yes, I can. And my mom was like, uh, please do this. And I'm like, okay. So yeah. you got to listen. You got to listen. And I'm, and I'm glad. And by the way, I bumped into him at a conference. Oh yeah. Later. Oh yeah. And he, you know, again, I was a, a well, pretty well known by this point. He came to me, gives me a big hug. Oh my God, Jeff Weber, we are so proud of you back at Davis. I said, George, do you remember what you told me back in 1978 that I will not get a vegetable at UC Davis? <laughs> so uh, I showed well, that's him. that's good. You had your day to say. <laughs> I had my, oh, absolutely. All right. Anyway, great having you. Uh, you are welcome anytime. Anything you want to talk about, we would love to hear. And um, we will be back here next week, everybody. Same bat time, same bat channel here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. And um, I think I have a, a guest coming in next week also as well. Very interesting guy. So um, anyway, have a wonderful week, everybody. Arden, I will see you very shortly. All right. Thank you again for letting Casey and Kona be in on your show. We love what you do for pets and for people. And check out Arden Moore and Obehave here on Pet Life Radio's. And uh, one, of, one, of, one of the top shows here on Pet Life Radio. So uh we're very lucky to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see everybody next week. Mark, goodbye. And uh, see you all next week. Be well. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.